there. Hello there, and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith Takers Snapshots podcast. Uh, I'm your host for today, uh, Richard Polly, and joining me are uh, Will Pintar. Did you forget me? <laughs> what my name is? <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> and uh, Adam Shipley. Hello there. Uh, so, um, rather excitingly, we're recording uh, the evening after Worlds. We've all managed to get some sleep after sitting up until stupid o'clock in the morning, um, watching uh, our, our not our boy, um, fellow resident of the United Kingdom, <laughs> um, Ollie Pocknell, um, taking his uh, Imperial Aces list all the way and making sure that the uh, the World Championship stays in the United Kingdom for another year. Um, so first things first, well done, Ollie. Um, that was amazing. Um, Will, Adam, did you both stay up and watch it? Damn right, I did. <laughs> yeah, certainly did. Certainly did. What were your uh, What were your thoughts? Uh, I mean, we, we can talk about bro- more broadly about worlds in a minute, but um, just uh, I think fair is fair um, for Ollie. We go straight into the final and have a quick chat about that. Um, what were your uh, What were your impressions of it as a game? Um, I, I thought it was brilliant. Uh, really good game. Uh, um, the way Ollie conducted himself and came back and held himself together. Uh, I know Adam's got some thoughts on this, but losing Vader in that initial engage, it, I was like, wow, oh, he's got an uphill mountain here. And he absolutely flew a blinder. Um, he did really well. And what a great guy to win as well. Um, a really good ambassador for the game, um, in my opinion. And, yeah, great champion. Yeah, I, I, I agree with what you said there, Will. I mean, I've had an occasion to speak to Ollie a couple of times at different events and online. Um, and he's always immaculately comported, very friendly. Um, you can tell that he spends his entire day dealing with people and talking to people because he's very good um, at, you know, being genuine and open and friendly. So, yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked for him. Um, what did you think of the game, Adam? I thought the game was uh, a fantastic uh, uh, watch. Uh, it's, it's something to watch. It was just brilliant. As an example of the way that X-Wing can be played, uh, it was also uh, ideal for FFG. They had Rebels versus Imperials. The Rebels were the Americans. The Imperials were the Brits, just like the films. Uh, <laughs> Vader gets taken down in the first engagement, but puts enough damage in. Uh, to give Ollie a fighting chance. And then he comes straight back and smashes a Z95 in the very next one uh, to really like make it a proper a proper game. And then, yeah, two-hour finals. Two-hour finals are important if you've got two ships against five. And yeah. Ollie made really, really good use of it. So, And just like you said, uh, Rich, um, I've had a chance to speak to Ollie a few times uh, over the years. And he's, he's just so nice. He's a lovely guy, really genuine. And uh, yeah, yeah, couldn't be couldn't be more pleased. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that struck me when I looked at the when I watched the match, and, and I think you've you've hit on a key point there was the two hour final. Was there, there were very few turns I think where um, DT, the other finalist, um, got Ollie on the hop. I mean, he was just flying outside of himself um, with Whisper and with the Grand Inquisitor. You know, he um, he seemed to call every single move, every kill box um, that DT made. He just either put his ships at range three through an obstacle of one shot um, or out of arc of everything and was able to just keep picking damage off one here and two there. Um, and for me, it was um, quite telling that um, I watched um, Ollie play Bartosz, I think it was in top eight, 
um, where he, he took out the um, the five A wings that Bartos has done so well with multiple times this uh, this year. Um, and basically, Vader won that game for him single-handed. He was popping A-wings left, right and centre. You know, the other two ships were chipping in here and there with a, a shield or a, a little point of damage. But Vader was just, you know, two hits, two crits, three hits and a crit, constantly just pushing damage and killing A-wings. And the fact that he killed, uh, he, sorry, he beat one really world-class player, Bartosz, basically with Vader, um, with the others as a support cast. Um, and uh, and then he won the final Um and he also, you know, the semi-final, which against the Quad Star Vipers, which we'll come on to later, um, you know, with basically the other two ships, I think shows something about his list being incredibly flexible and about his quality as a player being able to leverage all three pieces that he had in it. Um, so on that, I'm just going to quickly um, skip through his list because we've started talking about it. Um, it was Imperial Aces, um, three small base ships, uh, Darth Vader, Afterburner's Passive Sensors, Whisper, Fifth Brother, Passive Sensors, and a Grand Inquisitor with no upgrades. 197 points, three-point bid. Um, what do you think of that, Adam? Um, it's classic uh, for the Imperials, isn't it? Uh, Imperial Aces uh, has become a byword for high skill, uh, high initiative, uh, playing the game after your opponent, but having to use uh, lots of evade dice and clever positioning. And it's in our vernacular now as seasoned X-Wing players. The Imperial Aces, you just know what it is straight away. Dale Cromwell is a massive proponent of this. And I have spoken to him as well. Uh, and yeah, just um, Ollie's taken it up after flying four fangs uh, so expertly all year um, in into the worlds and has done absolutely amazing with it and really, really, really showed the power of Whisper. Um, Whisper with that Initiative 5, as soon as Wedge was gone, having four, well, three ships to deal with at that point, uh, Whisper's phenomenal. Um, that maneuverability with the, the cloaking, decloaking um, abilities, uh, just really, really good, and he made it work for him the whole game. Uh, um, yeah, cool. Um, well, sorry, Well, I was just going to ask you, um, passive sensors on two of the ships, that's a new upgrade. Um, it's only been around for, what, five weeks or something. Um, what are your thoughts on that and on the list in general? Me or Adam? Uh, you will. All right. Um, <laughs> I, I thought um, I, it was a great call, a really, really good call, because he's, he's sitting at 97 points. Um, he, he, he he needs something, do you know what I mean? And that passive sensors is really good. He, he knows people are going to come in arc or whatever. He'll use the force before that um, to mod any sort of, like evade dice if he needs his to, if anything outbids him, and then he's got that target lock afterwards. Uh, I think it's a great call, and and you've seen it used to great effect in the final. To pick up on Will's yeah. point, it's a really nice way of having a slightly more expensive list uh, keep up with a list with a massive bid, because you don't have to worry quite so much. And putting it on two ships was really clever because he's um, leveraging the ability to have target locks on what he wants when his engagement comes around. Yeah, I That's... think it's interesting having it on Vader. It's one of those things that I've seen argued about on the internet with people saying, well, you know, you're better having FCS or you're better having um, a bigger bid um, than putting it on Vader because he's moving at six anyway. Um, I think the ability to, to link off the passive sensors action using Vader's ability um, to at initiative six in the in the engagement phase to barrel roll out of somebody's arc um, or to grab another token or something like that um, 
is just really, really powerful. Well, so, in, yeah. In direct comparison to in, in the Imperial Aces list, Daniel Taylor with a Rebel Rebel Beef list. Do you know what I mean? It it couldn't have been any more opposite. Do you know what I mean to what essentially like um, Ollie was trying to achieve? Plenty of ships, plenty, plenty, as as much as he can in hull wise without using a, a, a U wing, uh, and I think he's done that to sort of leverage the U wing slow maneuver, chugging around and all the rest of it. So he's trying to use more AC type small ships. Um, I think was a really good list, and it, obviously it's all with crack shot as well. Yeah, I mean just to just to run through that list as well. Um... We've got Wedge with Crackshot and Foils, um, Jake Farrell with just Crackshot, Braylon with Jamming Beamage Free, why not, um, and Crackshot. I'd be surprised if he used it all tournament. Um, Blount with Crackshot and then a Bandit Squadron Pilot. Um, so five ships. Um, the Bandit Squadron Pilot, when I first saw the list, I thought, why would you not just upgrade some of the other ships with some other stuff? Um, but I guess, you know, that extra ship, and it's been a, a long-held truism of X-Wing that, if you if you have enough spare points, you've got to really think about whether you're going to spend 23 points on upgrades or if you're going to stick 23 points into just having another two-dice gun on the board. Um, he's gone for that, and he's flown it through to the final. And I must admit, I look at that list, and I think to myself, that looks like the kind of list that somebody building a list for the first time ever would put together. Um, you know, I like that pilot. I like that pilot. He looks cool. He's cheap. Right, let's see how that goes. And they joust across the board and die and then never play it again. Um, but DT, as he's apparently known um, to his friends, um, has done superbly well with it. Um, it is worth pointing out, he's not a new player. Um, he, he's, um, he won the last three um, Imperial Assault World Championships. Then he decided he didn't want to play that anymore and he started playing X-Wing. Um, from somebody I was talking to on Slack mentioned that he's been to... I think three major championships in America, system open, intercontinentals and worlds, and he's top tabled all of them and won one of them. So he's a guy who's we're gonna see his name an awful lot more over the coming years, um, in the American X Wing scene, if he decides he wants to keep playing it, uh, or if he decides he wants to go and win at something else, he might just change games. Who knows? <laughs> so yeah, um have, have you got any other thoughts about that list? Um, um Adam? Yeah, Rich. So I think the whole five ship thing is really clever. Um, with Jake and the Bandit, they both make Blount better. So Blount is so uh, we we saw it in the final. Um, sticking uh, Blount a little bit further back, having a ship at range one of your opponent makes Blount go from two dice to three dice, and then the crack shot, and that's what killed Vader. A Z ninety five, which bumped up its attack and like got a crack shot, was a Vader killer. And having the extra bandit and Jake, which is quite manoeuvrable, he must have in so many games been getting ships at range one and Blount just then sitting a little bit further back and going, yeah, I'll take that. Thanks very much. <laughs> I'll have that three dice attack. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it, it, if you the more you look at the list, I think the cleverer you realise it is because Jake's generating double mods for Wedge. Um, so he can have a focused attack. Wedge can have a target lock focus. Um, Braylon gives himself double mods for fun. And Blount is a really, really cheap three or four dice attack if he manages to creep into range one of somebody else as well. Um, and the Bandit Squadron pilot is just a blade of armour for the rest of your, your list, as well as being a really strong blocking piece because it moves at I-1. 
Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think the more you look at it, the more you think, oh, yeah, there's something to that. But as I said, at first glance, it just looks like like a hodgepodge of ships. And when I first saw it, I just thought, what's that doing? I think I spotted it at top eight, maybe. Um, and that was, I, I mentioned that on the internet somewhere and somebody said, ah, oh, clearly you've never heard of DT. And then they told me who he was and I went, oh, right. So it's not the list, is it? It's the player. And I think there's an awful lot to be said about that um, for the lists that did do well this time round. Um, so um, uh, that said, I mean, it, I think we should maybe have a look because a, a lot of the lists are now up on List Fortress. It's it's not complete, um, but a lot of them are on there. Um so uh, I know you guys have been looking through. Has anything jumped out and uh, and caught your attention? Uh, Will, do you want to give us a shout? Say, I wouldn't say it's caught my attention, but, it, well, it has in a way, I suppose. Uh, Mitchell, Mitchell Rab flying all the way to the top four with uh, the four Black, uh, Black Sun Assassins with Crackshot. I think that what that is an unbelievable feat. Um, I mean, I think you told me earlier, Rich, he's been flying that list for a long time and it, yeah. and it really shown. I seen some of his, uh, one of his games in Swiss and I managed to see a couple of his games, um, leading up to, uh, leading up to his top four and uh, yeah, initially, obviously it, it almost looked like he stayed in one pot, uh, one spot. Um, Adam, was it against, it was against Duncan, wasn't it? That game that we watched. Uh, Kalen Wong, he, he stayed very still, That's yeah. Kalen Wong. So it was against Kalen Wong. Uh, they were all melding into one eventually. But yeah, it was against Kalen Wong where um, I literally had to nip out. I came came back and it looked like I thought his ships were still in the same place. They actually weren't. Obviously, it turned and barrel. And then all of a sudden, Kalen started committing and he just burst out of the box and just started deleting A-wings left, right and centre. Um, mm-hmm. It was really good to watch. Um, I think it's it's an interesting thing about that list because there has been some um, grumbling from mostly America um, about the way that he flies it. Um, it. It's similar to the way that people were winning with Phantoms um, a few months ago, um, almost like not fortressing, um, but, you know, sitting in the corner, moving around, um, waiting for the optimal engagement and, and refusing to take a bad engagement. Um, so, you know, it's a Star Viper, so he's still got a 12 dice final salvo. So, you know, he's okay to fly up and down his side of the board. Um, it might not be the best um, or most wholesome way to play X-Wing, but, you know, he's played through till the top four. He's been watched by the world judges, by developers, by OP top people on stream. Um, nobody's thought that he's doing anything bad. Um, and listening to the way that he comports himself when he is playing, um, he seems like such a, a good, like, top guy, really, really chilled out, really relaxed. Um, and he just loves this list and he plays this list all the time. Um, and I think it's a real credit to him that he's played his way past some top-level players um, with a list that nobody would think of putting on the table. But yeah, he's played it from halfway through first edition. He had four Star Vipers with, I think, a sick, um, all painted up in, in matching liveries. Um, and now he's had to drop the sick off and it's the four Star Vipers and he's won two hyperspace trials with it and now he's gone to Worlds and gone top four. So massive well played to Mitch as well um, for getting there. Um, so Adam, did you have any lists that jumped out at you? Anything that interested you? Yeah, so I wanted to touch on another Rebel list um, in a similar vein to Daniel Taylor's. Uh, Pierre, um, making top 16, uh, uh, he had Wedge with Servo and Crack, so the same. Uh, then Cassian with Leia, uh, Pivot Wing and Crack Shot. So that's pretty standard from what we've seen when we've been seeing Rebel Beef uh, this year. But then changing it up, 
having a bandit squadron uh, to bring the points down as the points went up at the last change, and then Jan Ors with Moldy Crow to really give anything in that list um, just more punching power, and obviously ideally Wedge having a lot more punching power. Uh, so going top 16 with Wedge, Cassian, and Jan, and then a bandit, as we've already mentioned, as a throw-in, I think it's really good. I think that's a, a really nice way of showing like the Rebels, you're fine, you can, you can carry on just you know, punching uh, with these incredibly tough ships uh, that have got some really nice synergy. And synergy list for Rebels, that's where it's at. He was really, really unfortunate uh, to lose his get top 16 game. Yes, it came down to a roll of a dice on him going across the debris in his last, uh, the very last turn and rolling a one out of eight chance crit. Yes. Um, I blame Darren Granger and Acer for that. Two games, I, I would agree. Uh, two games on the bounce. They, they every time they were commentating, people rolling crits with debris. So I blame it on them too. They are they are a curse, and I'm I never flying debris anywhere near Darren. <laughs> they did have. I think it was it was a couple of games, wasn't it, where the game changed in the last moment because of crits on uh, on debris. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, it was. A but top, yeah, great list. Thirty two game before that as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that is great. Yeah, I was going to say, just talking about that list and about Janors, is it's really easy to forget that Jan, because Janors brings obviously the the, the the squad synergy, the extra dice um, to to one of the squad mates, is that Janors is also a three dice gun firing at initiative five. Um, yeah. It's really easy to forget that with the Moldy Crow, um, she's cruising into combat with two focuses and a target lock as well. Um, so you know that th- there's an awful lot going on in that squad as well. So I, I think that's quite a good one. Um, the, the one that jumped out to me um, was um, you've, you've mentioned the player already. Well, was Kalen Wong? Um, so Kalen was flying something that basically looks like a, a slightly worse version of a five A wings list until you kind of read out one of the upgrades. So he had um, he had Greer Sonnell, a Green Squadron expert, and Zari Bango both uh, with advanced optics and. And heroic, a couple of crack shots in there as well. Then he has Finn with perceptive co-pilot, heroic, and advanced optics, which is a crazy expensive Finn, um, but is doing three hits on every attack. Um, basically, it's, it's not possible for that Finn not to do three damage um, on every attack. And then V Maradi with GA97. Now, GA97 is. It's the, the resistance. <laughs> it's the resistance. <laughs> And it's an upgrade that everybody's looked at and thought, that's cool, that's thematic, and it will never see play. But here it is, top eight at Worlds. I think he lost to Mitch Rab's four Star Vipers. Um, top eight at Worlds, it's the resistance, and it's amazing. And it's a list that I think I'm going to have to put on the table at some point. Now, I know that some other people were flying this or a very similar list to this and didn't do so well. Um, Kalen is a very experienced, very good player. He's, he's won a lot of stuff in the past and finished very strongly in the past. Um, but I mean, this this list to me just make I just look at it and I think this is so much fun because you know you've got that absolutely horrific Finn um, who's going to drop in behind um, the opponent ships um, on turn three, four, or five, depending on what y- you fancy doing, and he's just going to cruise in as fast as he can, which isn't very fast because the, po- the pods don't go that quick. Um, but he's going to cruise in as fast as he can um, from behind them, and they either turn to engage him or he starts just deleting them with three dice. Um, uh, three hit attacks um, or um, you you ignore him completely in which case he does it anyway um, so it's just oh, oh bonkers um, and it looks like so much fun um, so yeah 
Um, well, it, the, it was so good when uh, the, the It's the Resistance shouting got louder and louder as we were watching <laughs> the streams until obviously uh, that final game against uh, against the Star Vipers where it was it was insanely loud. Yeah, uh, uh, that, that was um, picked up. I was watching the FFG stream. I, I wasn't watching that game. And um, I was watching uh, that and there was a massive shout and uh, Alex um, Davy and, and Alex Watkins were genuinely concerned what was happening in the hall until somebody on, <laughs> on chat pointed out that it was it was just people having fun um, playing yes. with toy spaceships. Um, oh, and I think that's that's awesome. Um, the only other list that I want to call out is the, the other top four list because um, we could you know spend all day going through the top 128 people or whatever it was that made, made it into day two. Um, was uh, Alex Farley. Um, so he was the highest finishing uh, scum. No, he wasn't Mitch Rab. Oh, no, they both finished top four. Yeah, so okay. two scum lists in top four. Scum obviously being a dead faction that nobody plays anymore. Um, <laughs> so um, Alex Farley was flying a Torquil Muck swarm with three cartel marauders and Captain Seavor. And that was it. <laughs> Torquil Mucks with the Mouldy Crow. Uh, three Kirax fighters. They're rubbish, aren't they? Nobody uses those. They're just bad X-Wings. And then Captain Seavor. I don't understand how he's done that well with this list. Um, Will, but you play a lot of scum. Can you I, talk I've us through how that's list. good? I've played this list. And I'm not going to lie. I don't know how well, how he's done <laughs> so well with this oh. list. I, I mean... Yeah, fair enough. I mean, the, the three Marauders, really cheap. It's basically an, a scum X-Wing, isn't it? Seavor with his crack. Um, oh, not his, sorry, his crack, his jam. Um, if someone shoots at him or if you're shooting, and then Mucks going down initiative zero. I'd have played around with this list. Um, I flew it a few times. It's all right. <laughs> I didn't think it was top four at Worlds all right. I je- this guy must have flown a blinder. I've seen a few of his games, and I just I don't know Adam. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the other notable, um, essentially this list, but ever so slightly different, was uh, Damien Dreisdeck, who got was seven and zero through Swiss and only made it to top sixty four. So you can see that it can be beaten. Uh, but Torkel Mux is just fantastic. So we all know that Torkel Mux is picking wedge is picking. Uh, whatever on the other side is the scariest ship and going, you are going to fire last in this engagement. Whereas my five ships are going to shoot at you and then you'll never fire in this engagement. And it's amazing. You've just brought along uh, every cartel marauder is a three dice gun with focus. Torquil Mux is a three dice gun with two focus and Captain Seavor goes, how about you just don't have that uh, token you turned up with and you get to shoot last, but you don't get to shoot because I've killed you already. And you just do that every turn, and you just yeah, go, I, bang, gone. <laughs> I think it was his. I think it was his top eight game, um, or it might have been his top sixteen game, where he played on the FFG stream against um, basically a seer swarm, straight cracking seer swarm. Um, and I was watching it, and I stopped watching it because he flew into the maw of all eight ships from the separatist swarm. And I thought, well, that game's over because he's going to put one of them. He's going to put one of them to zero, and then the rest of them are just going to take maybe two of his Kiraxes off the board or something like that. And then, like about twenty-five, thirty minutes later, I switched back over, and there was like four dead droids and about four damage off one of off like two of his Marauders. And I was like, 
what's happened there? How how has that happened? Um, I can I can only guess, and I will watch it back at some point. I can only guess that he got some crazy dice variants. Bit of luck just in that initial engage because it looked awful for him. Um, but I mean, you don't get to kind of top eight at worlds just by writing dice luck. You know that that doesn't happen. Um, so you know, well well played to to the four guys that made top four to Ollie DT, um, Mitch and, and to Alex. Um, and for very different lists, there wasn't a set meta, was there? Um, you know, you look at it and you think there's so much variety in lists and factions, everything um, has has been there. Um, I'm, ch- I'm chomping at the bit here, Rich. <laughs> OG on um, top, OG on you, top. You, you, know, you, know I'm, you know I'm leading up to it. So, um, <laughs> let, let, so let me lose. So the, the, the Phantom Menace, I'm going to give you five minutes, Will. Um, so the, the Phantom Menace um, of, of Worlds, the... the the, the bogeyman that everybody was talking about was the Nantex. Um, so before I hand over to Will, because he's got some words that he wants to use, um, I, I'm going to give you some facts from uh, from from Worlds. So there were 14 instances of ensnare in the cut, which means that 14 um, Nantexes made it through. Three Sunfacts, highest finish top 64. Nine Chertex, mostly as part of a swarm or in a list with Sunfac, highest finish, top 64. And two generics, the Pentraki Arena Ace, highest finish, top 64. Um, so I'll, I'll throw the stats back at you, Rich. <laughs> Go on. Seven lists in the top 128 contained um, actual Nantexes in. Only three of those seven made the top 64. All right. How many Vaders do you think were in the top? Not, not even, not even the ship. How many Vaders do you think were in the top 128? Anyone? Take um, a guess. I, I can't, I can't Google it fast enough. Um, so I'm going to say 12. There's more. There's, there's 10 Vaders in the top 128. Right? Yeah. Obi Wan's. There's 13 in the top 128. And actually, and we're talking about the Nantex as a ship as a whole, not even some fact, not even Chertek, seven lists with them, that shipping. So I'm not going to, I am going to say it. I told you so. I told you also. <laughs> and when anybody turns around, they can turn down and do whatever they want on any other podcast. You can turn around and tell me that, oh, you did this and yeah, they're terrible and all the rest of it. And they disagreed with me. I told you so. Not even one in the top 32. There we go. And that was including, was it Duncan Howard? And he was flying them. So there no, you go. No, not, like, not Duncan Howard. Duncan Howard was yeah. flying um, Suntier. It was Paul Heaver. Paul, Paul Heaver was flying Chertex, Sunpack, so, and, and General so, Grievous. Not exactly so not a downgrade. Even, not even yeah. the American Great White Hope <laughs> could make them good. There we go. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, they, they it, you know, there, there was a few guys who played them through. Um, Shout out to um, Dragoon from Slack. I don't know if he listens to the podcast, but he was super worried about um, about his chances at Worlds, and he managed to get through to day two. He got knocked out um, by Nathan ID, um, which you know when you when you make cut at Worlds and you play somebody like Nathan, your first thought is, oh well, that was fun, um, you know, because he, he's done so well um, in in the past. Um, so you know, as you said though, you know, seven lists have made it through to, to day two, so that's not. Um, it's not as scary as people thought it was going to be, is it? It's just not as scary. So, no. anyway, um, I, I that's don't need to say any more on that ever again on this podcast. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you'll 
be the model of restraint and you'll never mention <laughs> it ever again will you um okay but on on that note we've um we've been waffling on uh for a little bit too long um on this one so um just uh, a couple of quick shout outs that i want to do and then i'll pass uh, over to you guys um to uh, Jack Mooney, Sith Taker, who captained Team Europe to victory in Coruscant um, against Team Pacific. So uh, well done to Team Europe on that. Um, well played. Um, our lads, none of them made cut, unfortunately. Um, mostly went four and three or three and four. A um, couple of two and fives, but uh, we weren't uh, fortunate enough to get somebody to root for from the Sith Takers this year. Uh, but there's always next year and, and, and future years. Um, so we all became honorary members of the 186, I think, uh, for the rest of the day, uh, of the night. Um, and then my last shout out is to, and I don't know what the name of the store is, um, in Basingstoke, we had five lads who went over um, for the X-Wing Worlds and they all made top cut. So that's not a room that I want to go and play a casual game of X-Wing in anytime soon. Um, so, well, well done to them. Um, have you any shout outs you want to do, Will or, or Adam? Yeah, if, um, shout out to Jonathan Cock for his um, Fenral Boba Fett making top eight. And then the top eight game being basically just Fenrau against a massive list on his own because Boba died quick. Um, that was that was a weird and interesting and exciting and peculiar game. Um, and then Darren Granger uh, for spending going all the way to America to play X-Wing and then spending most of his week uh, talking to the rest of us via stream commentary about X-Wing. Uh, you've done a cracking job, mate. Looking forward to seeing you when you come back. Yeah, yeah. You, stole, you stole my one there, Adam. Aha! <laughs> <laughs> you can shout so. out Acer. Big up Acer. <laughs> Big up Acer, making Darren sound good. <laughs> Acer can make anyone sound good. He's got the best voice. Yeah, it's, it's it's worth saying that there was a lot of um, there was a lot of people involved in streaming Gold Squadron. They were running three tables. Yep. Um, and uh, flicking between them, and it was a bit like Super Saturday for soccer. Um, X-Wing Junkies had a stream going as well, so uh, big up to those guys who we talked to on Slack a lot. Um, and then, obviously, the FFG stream was was super. Um, it was using the uh, the First Earth, so Simon from First oh, Earth was over see, there running. See, I was about to jump in with that and waiting <laughs> and waiting, and you took over again. You've not stopped talking, Rich. <laughs> But I mean, it, it, it's great to see. I think FFG acknowledging that the quality of the community streams is so high that they're getting the guys over to to run the official streams now. Um, so I mean, that was really good, um, and the quality of all the streaming was so good. It was so easy to follow um, with multi Twitch and multiple devices and all sorts of stuff. You could just flick between three, four, or five games um, depending on on which round it was. So yeah, that was that was awesome, and there was no cheat on stream drama as well, which is wonderful. Um, so yeah, anyway. Um, all said and done, um, we'll be back uh, in a couple of days with uh, hopefully a few more updates from Worlds. Um, and with that said, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from Will. Ta-da. And it's goodbye from Adam. Goodbye. You light the skies up above me. A star so bright you blind me yeah. Don't close